0: Did everything we could to avoid the loss of life. They made the decision to immolate themselves, and I regret it terribly. And I feel awful about the children.
1: Twenty-five years ago, the Waco situation—I almost called it a disaster, but that's not the right word. Um, well, certainly a tragedy. Siege. It's a tragedy. A cult. We sent in tanks. Lots of people died. A number of horrific crimes, including the Oklahoma City uh, bombing, carried out in the name of Waco over the years, because
0: along with the Ruby Ridge, which uh, followed closely, therein. Maybe some, we'll talk about that someday.
1: Some people think it was severe government overreach, and etc, cetera, et cetera. So let's revisit that for people who who remember it, kind of, or were too young.
0: Yeah, it was a an unbelievable unbelievable a couple of months, I guess, in the nation's history. Lee Hancock was a, is a writer and was a former Dallas Morning News reporter for uh, 23 years, covered the siege from day one, the trials, the congressional hearings, uh, the rest of it, and uh, joins us now. Hello, Lee. How are you?
2: I'm fine. Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's it's our pleasure. We're glad you're available. We understand you're working on a book on the topic.
2: Yeah, I am. Excellent. I am. Because, you know, Waco has just continued to haunt Um the American, uh, the American public and uh, the agencies involved. It's just an awful, awful event, but it hasn't gone away. It still resonates, I think, through our culture. And so, so I think I'm wanting to explore that.
0: So just to, to set the stage a little bit, um, the uh, the Branch Davidians were an offshoot of a long-time religious well, group. How, slash
1: about, how about we start with even more basic than that? It's called Waco because it happened in Waco, Texas. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is that the town. Yeah. In Texas. It, that it, was it the end
2: of the right sentence. Out, but yeah, it happened right outside Waco. It's interesting. The poor folks who live in Waco now will say, no, 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 it's not in Waco. It was in a little community called Elk. But it was outside of Waco. And uh, yeah, the Davidians uh, were a group of people who had come actually from Southern California originally uh, to Texas. They were uh, a group kicked out of the Seventh Day Adventist Church uh, back in the '30s, and you know they they went through multiple leaders and multiple iterations, but they got to the point in uh, the, the '80s where they 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 had a young man named Vernon Howell, uh, who later changed his name to David Koresh, who came and took their beliefs and their community into a far different direction than anything that the Seventh-day Adventists certainly believe in and or that the Davidians previously believed you know they were a group that believed that the end times were coming and that they needed to prepare and they might even be some of the last people to survive or, or to go to heaven in the end time how
1: big a group are but- we talking about
2: um, you know, never more than a, a couple of hundred of people, you know, it went and went in the recent years, they back in the fifties had as many as, you know, seven or eight hundred people that came out there. At one point, one of their leaders said that the end of the world was going to come on a specific day. And so seven or eight hundred people gathered out at their property near Waco and that was uh, a day that later became known as their great disappointment. Yeah, that that whole gambit,
1: happen. that whole gambit never works. That picking a day because
0: once the day comes and goes, you lose a lot of your clout. Yeah, you really have to have a plan B if you're going to play that card. Uh, so, uh, at any rate, um, part of preparing for the end times was amassing a, a good deal of weaponry. Correct.
2: That became part of their prep prep under uh, Vernon Howe or Koresh. You know, previously. This had been a pacifist group, you know, conscientious objectors when they had to go into military service. But when Koresh came along, he began preaching that he was not only a prophet, but he was the Lamb of God. He was the Son of God come back, the sinful Messiah, who was going to help lead this group as God's army. And God's army needed weapons, and God's army also needed an enemy. And to Koresh, the enemy the beast was the federal government.
0: So how did their comings and goings come to the attention of the feds? Was it the weapons that originally uh, fired up law enforcement about them?
2: Well, yes. What happened was the uh, um, the group was getting tens of thousands of dollars worth of ammunition and uh, gun parts, and, and uh, there was a UPS driver who was taking stuff out there uh, regularly, and Thought it was a little weird that here's this group. They had armed guards. He had to go through a checkpoint. Uh, you know, they were pretty secretive. And one day.
1: Where did they. Where, where were they. Where the UPS driver was going to what? I mean, what were they living in? they going
2: a- to. There was a there was a 75, acre, 77 acre place that they had. Wow. And they were building what became known as the compound. They called it Mount Carmel. But it was this huge building where they all lived. And um, that became the building everybody saw on television during the siege. It was the place that burned up. But they would take the stuff out there. And one day he took a box, and the box split open, and a bunch of grenades fell out these grenade holes. And he went, You know, everything's beginning to add up, and I don't like the results. So he went to the sheriff's department. They had also gotten reports of automatic gunfire and explosions out there, so they said, "Geez, this is this is out of our you know out of our league." So they called in the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, which oversees uh, uh, enforcement of our federal gun laws and explosive laws. You know, it's it's fine to have grenade holes, and it's fine to have certain kind of guns. But when you make those grenade holes into explosives, and when you take your guns and you make them into automatic weapons, you begin to get into serious violations of federal law, and that's what the ATF was looking at.
1: Who was headed up by Janet Reno, the attorney general at the time, because she becomes a figure in this.
2: Well, actually, no. This, you know, and, and you have to remember, this is between the, the, the Bush administration for you know, George Bush Sr. and the Clinton administration, the investigation actually started under Bush. Hmm. Clinton comes into office. You know, the investigation is going into January, February, they have the raid. And there's not an attorney general, a new attorney general for this administration until March 12th. That Janet was... Reno doesn't get sworn in until March 12th when this thing is already underway and it's a mess and it oh, wow. drops into her lap.
0: So was yeah. that back when Clinton couldn't get someone appointed because they kept turning out to have illegals as nannies?
2: Yeah, yeah, we were talking you know, about that
0: the other day with Kimba Wood, who's now in the headlines.
2: Yeah, and in the, in the small world of 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 you know, sort of American weird stories, Kimba Wood is now the judge that's overseeing you know the yeah. the, the the whole thing with Trump's lawyer and whether they're going to turn loose what they're going to do with all the stuff these right. from his office. But yeah, they couldn't get an AG, somebody from Florida from. The the bar association in Florida actually recommended Reno. She was prosecutor in Miami.
0: Yeah, let's not and get too far down, to down that track. But anyway, yeah. she ends up yeah. the AG. We're talking to Lee it's Hancock, former Dallas Morning News reporter, working on a book about Waco. So uh, the feds are now aware that there's some really pretty uh, heinous uh, weaponry out there and, and and illegal use of it and that sort of thing. What happened next?
2: Well, I, you know, to, to step back before the raid, they decided that they needed to get in there quickly. You know, they were being told by some former members that, you know, hey, these guys, these guys are being trained that, you know, their religious belief is that they're going to go to war. So ATF thought, let's get in there quickly. Unfortunately, the, uh, the, the Davidians were tipped off an hour before the raid that, that the feds were coming and they prepared an ambush. So when the ATF rolled out, they came up, they thought they could disguise themselves in cattle trailers. Well, and I'm sorry, just
0: real quickly, there was also an allegation of child sex abuse going on right now, or or right then, too, wasn't there?
2: And there was child sex abuse. Okay, there was.
0: So that was another we've got to get in there argument. Yeah.
2: Right, right. And that's not a federal violation, but that also raised concerns. You know, there were a lot of kids in there, and... There were, you know, kids as young as 12 that Koresh had started having sex with. He claimed all women were his wives. He split up marriages, and he took people's wives, and the followers were so devoted that they followed this. Wow.
0: Wow. As Jack has pointed out, it's the one universal with cults. The leader gets to sex up the young women. It's just, you'd think people would catch on to that. But at any rate.
1: So the feds tried to sneak in in cattle trucks? Is that what you said?
2: They came in in cattle trucks. This is a really rural area. And so on a Sunday morning, they figured, you know, they're going to see cattle trucks and they're not going to think anything of it. But, again, the the Davidians had about 45 minutes to prepare. And uh, when the cattle trucks rolled up and the agents started running out, uh, you know, all hell broke loose. The Davidians say that the ATF shot first and the ATF says otherwise. There were actually three reporters who'd gotten tips, three journalists who'd gotten tips who were out there at the time who testified later that it was the the Davidians who started the gun battle. But then this became this two hour gun battle. It was the longest gun battle in American law enforcement history and it left four ATF agents dead, sixteen ATF agents wounded, and wow. then six Davidians ended up dead that day. So two hour gun a, battle. A mess. Yeah, a mess became, you know, unimaginable, um, an unimaginable crisis, and in stepped the FBI.
0: And then a weeks-long standoff, which we'll talk about with Lee Hancock, formerly of the Dallas Morning News, when we come back in a moment. Lee, can you hang around for a couple more minutes? I'd be
2: happy to. Thank
0: you. Okay, yeah, please, please do. Um,
1: And this is from 25 years ago uh, when we, we had cable news, but nothing like the media coverage today. Can you imagine this going on today? With today's uh, Twitter feeds and everything else.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, the most horrendous gun battle in American law enforcement history, followed by a weeks long standoff, and how that turned into the tragedy, controversy, etc. Um, with Lee Hancock, in I to ask
1: her where, she, where they were getting their money to buy all the weapons and have seventy some acres. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty,
0: the conscience of the nation. Bye.
2: They had bigger firearms than we had. They were able to shoot through doors.
3: Due to that, you know, a lot of our agents were hurt.
1: Twenty-five year anniversary of the whole Waco Branch Davidian thing. Um, what's the argument from your um, is right wingers fair? I don't know. I don't know what the fair term is, but the argument from the crowd that thinks the government really overreached.
0: Uh, Well, we can talk to Lee Hancock about that, writer, former Dallas Morning News reporter who's been kind enough to hang around. You know, the the short version is that the government had chances to do it peacefully, blew it, and then uh, engaged in, you know, would-be overwhelming shows of force that ended up with a lot of people dying.
1: Sounds very similar to a policeman versus an unarmed suspect or armed suspect. Right,
0: right. Yeah, that's the way some people see it. Lee Hancock uh, joins us once again. Lee, thanks for hanging around. Oh, thanks. So what of the narrative we've heard, we're talking about the uh, the raid on the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas, 25 years ago and the controversy, et cetera. What of the narrative I've heard many times through the years that David Koresh used to just jog through town and they could have nabbed him peacefully any time?
2: You know, that's exaggerated. And, you know, there is... Um you know, there there's obvious concern and understandable concern about what happened out there and, and why. But, you know, Koresh was not easy to, to lay hands on. He did go out into the community in the months before this happened, but not that much. And he was pretty cautious and cagey. And one of the things that really resonates for me that federal authorities have said is that, Regardless, he knew that these were federal agents. He knew and was on notice for almost an hour they had uh, before they showed up, and he could have surrendered. He could have let them in. He could have complied with federal law, and he didn't. So,
1: so you know, well, if he was sexing up kids and had illegal guns, you probably aren't going to do that. So, listen, well, we exa- have exactly
0: we have about four and a half minutes, just in terms of sure. the pace of how quickly we describe these things. But so the raid happened. Many people were killed by gunfire, and then an incredibly long standoff ensued. How long
2: did it go on? It was fifty-one days. It was at the time it was the longest fifty-one in 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 American history. Yeah. Yeah. Windows.
0: And and during that time was it mostly quiet? Was there more exchange of violence?
2: You know, there wasn't any violence, but and there were lots of negotiations and there, you know, thirty seven people came out actually. You know, at, at first it looked like they were gonna try to be able to get this thing ended peacefully, but then it just went on and on and on.
1: Well the part I think we all remember if we remember it at all, is a tank going through the wall. What led up to that and what happened that day?
2: Well, they were using these combat engineering vehicles because they were concerned that the Davidians were going to shoot back. And actually, on the morning of the 19th, when they started driving the tanks into the building, it was to poke holes in the building and spray in this liquid tear gas. So they, they hoped that using the gas would drive these guys out and you know that they would be uncomfortable and that moms would want to get their kids out. And sure enough, the, the instant that they started ramming the building the davidians started shooting at them so um they they sped up their their gassing and as they were gassing what they didn't realize was that the davidians were spreading fuel and talking about setting the place on fire and ultimately just a little afternoon 25 years ago today that's what they did
0: and there are plenty of people who claim the feds set the fire either carelessly with the gas or intentionally Um, but your belief is that it was indeed the Branch Davidians who set the fire?
2: I think there is incontrovertible evidence that the Davidians set the fire. With the idea that they were
1: basically killing themselves? I mean, it was like a suicide act?
2: Um, To them, their belief was that God was going to take them up, Uh, They weren't going to suffer, but they were going to have this fiery end. And they even, in the days before this thing went up, they even talked a lot about fiery prophecies and running through the flames. And the FBI actually captured a lot of those conversations with bugs, but they were so garbled that they didn't understand what they were saying until the tapes were later enhanced. So afterwards they listened to this in horror that you know the Davidians were actually talking about this, they even captured the conversations about spreading fuel and waiting to light them up until David said to do it, mm. and then to light the fire. And Davidians came out, one Davidian actually came out and said, and still says today, absolutely, I heard the voices saying, light the fire.
1: How many people died?
2: Uh, more than 70. Uh, there are some counts as to high as high as 90. Uh, but Including there, kids. Including kids, uh, Koresh and... A bunch of others, like about twenty other people, died with gunshots, and five of those people were kids. One kid was stabbed to death, and uh, you know you you can't. It's an unimaginably horrible end. But but yeah, they they apparently some of them may have shot themselves later. Um, some of the conspiracy theories were that oh somehow the government must have come in and shot them. But again, you know, that there have been there's been a cottage industry of folks who want to cast doubt on the government and uh, they've put these things out. Unfortunately there was even a mini series recently uh, that was aired on Waco that suggests a lot of these things that are aren't true but mm.
0: yeah, they I have saw a lot of, of
2: traction. They yeah. have a lot of traction.
0: Well and I wish we had time and, and perhaps we will someday down the road. We know you're working on a book uh, on the Waco situation, but to get into the, the self-criticism by the federal government and the ATF, the things that could have been done differently, the trials of the various people, uh, sure. you know, Branch Davidians, because there's a hell of a lot there. The aftermath lasted sure. a long time.
2: It did. It hey, did. Briefly. And and, and, and there have been changes. That's the one thing to to that's important. But the, the feds have changed a lot as a result of what happened here.
1: Hey, Where did so. they get their money? It's not easy to have 70 acres and a whole bunch of uh, illegal weapons.
2: A lot of people turned um, their, their valuables over to him. They had a couple of people with a lot of money that gave it to him. And the Davidians who came out said they engaged in credit card abuse, and, uh, there oh, so they're
1: criminals in addition to everything else. okay?
2: Right. Well, you know, if the, if the end's going to come, you're not going to have to pay your visa bill. That's
0: true. Well, that's, yeah. what's, that's what I've been counting on. I hope not. And, and plus, you know, people worked and they turned over all the money to the, the cult leader. As yep, uh, they did. Yeah, that's the way cults go. Lee Hancock, writer, former Dallas Morning News reporter, covered the Waco siege from day one, the trials, the congressional hearings. Lee, really great to talk to you, and I hope we can do it again.
2: I'd like to do that. Thanks for having
0: me. Thank you. And wow. we'll and, and let her know when her book comes out we'd love to talk to her about it
1: I actually think it doesn't get as much attention as it probably should deadliest gut battle in US history and longest 51 siege day and-
0: siege 76 dead you know federal overreach conspiracy theories a right um and then you know Tim McVeigh decided that to avenge Waco and the situation at Ruby Ridge Google it um, he would blow up the federal building in Oklahoma City.
1: What's coming up in your news, Marshall? We've got a new survey
3: finding a sea change in California attitudes toward deporting illegals. Okay. And new developments surrounding the death of pop icon Prince. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong
1: and Getty. That poll is big. Looking forward to that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Didn't really expect this, but passion's still running hot on the text line over Waco 25 years later. Oh,
0: I could have guaranteed it. We'll receive a slew of email.
1: Have your have you idiots and your moron guest ever heard of Ruby Ridge? You guys need to change your name from Armstrong and Getty to Mad
0: Maddow and Matthews. Well, we mentioned it three times, so yeah, we have heard of it.
1: Of course, this same texture back in November of 2017, as I have all these in front of me, once texted... You guys all wear skinny jeans and have man buns.
0: (laughs) Whoa, hey, hey. Now that second one was insulting.
1: Oh, boy. Let me just take a look at this real quick. Jack and Joe, that Waco woman is a wacko. Asks the ATF about shooting men, women, and children as they tried to exit the burning building. And those are a lot of the stories that still exist out there.
0: Well, the fact that they knew their cover was blown, the ATF, and went in any way virtually assuring a bloodbath was a decision of monumental stupidity. Yeah, this is
1: a terrible thing to do, just from a military standpoint. Uh, news now. Oh, by the way, we got this. I'm 52 and followed this 25 years ago. I learned more in the last 10 minutes than I knew. All right, that was the point.
0: All right. Hoped
1: it worked out, though. From way. a
0: couple of skinny jeans wearing man buns, sporting, uh, you know, questionable sexual uh, type hosts. Matthews
1: huh? and Maddow in the
0: morning. Exactly. Here's your
1: news with Marsha Phillips.
3: Donald Trump taking notice of the growing in-state rebellion against California's sanctuary state law, tweeting just minutes ago, Thank you, San Diego County, for defending the rule of law and supporting our lawsuit against... California's illegal and unconstitutional sanctuary policies. Hmm. California's dangerous policies release violent criminals back into our communities, putting all Americans at risk. Now Armstrong and Getty talking with San Diego County Supervisor Kirsten Gaspar a little while ago led the county's move uh, against the uh, or to uh, join the uh, suit against the sanctuary laws. You can check out the podcast and catch that interview.
0: Meanwhile, we do have... You know, for what it's worth, somebody pointed out that the, she didn't really lead the effort. She had to be dragged along. I don't know the politics of that. Right. I'm um, not sure it matters. Not sure it matters. She's on board now. Let's all join together, won't we, and march toward freedom. There you or go. Or something.
3: Meanwhile, we got a new survey being released today that shows that California may be a sanctuary for illegals, but the support for deportations is growing. A new survey out of UC Berkeley says about 60% of people who live in the state Believe it is very or somewhat important for the federal government to increase the number of deportations of illegals in the state of California.
0: Oh. Holy crap! Would you get that impression from the lamestream media? No. God, what you you're so
1: so misled by the mainstream media on so many topics because they all believe one thing: sixty percent want an increase. Not even the status quo. Not even steady as she goes. They want more. And this is of people in California in a Berkeley study. Yeah. Wow. This is not the people of, you know, pick whatever state you see is racist. Oklahoma. Or
0: super conservative. In a everywhere. Fox study. Right. Boy, that is striking. It God, is! God, you just you can't trust that any perception you get. Especially, from the mainstream
1: media, especially on immigration, is faulty. I, as we've been saying for years, you look at any poll numbers on this, overwhelmingly, it's not even close. We all agree, you
0: can't let illegals in. you got You got to secure your borders. Right, right. And you know, this is related, but race relations, too. You get the idea that from the media that every white person wants black people to be shot by, by cops, right. and every black person's an angry militant. You know, it's just, it's all conflict all the time. So
1: say that number again and what they specifically believe. The uh, new survey out of UC Berkeley says about 60% of people who
3: live in the state believe it is very or somewhat important for the federal government to increase the number of deportations of illegal immigrants in
1: the state. Even with Trump as president, 60% of Californians. That's incredible. Incredible. And if you watch the cable news, you'd think it's, well, well we just went through that. But God dang it.
3: Coming down this morning, possible charges in the death of Prince could be filed today. The Carver uh, County, Minnesota attorney, Mark Metz, is going to be announcing his decision soon on whether to charge anyone in the musician's death. I know Positive Sean has been watching uh, any developments. Have you seen anything come up
1: yet? No, so far just a bunch of legalese kind of laying up to the event, but I haven't heard him say if they will file charges or not. Wow. It seems to be kind of leaning towards that way. The, he's already stated that the evidence shows that Prince thought he was taking something other than what he was, was taking.
0: Yeah. Oh, because it was fentanyl and all. Yeah. As opposed do to we, the Vicodin that he thought it was. Do we know about uh, the beloved Tom Petty? Because, uh, you know, he died of a it Was a fentanyl thing I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you've got a, a, a rich guy with a lot of physical problems right. and there are people helping him get pills... You know, that's one thing. But if somebody's feeding him fentanyl without his knowledge, which is incredibly dangerous, no. well, yeah, they need to be in jail.
1: Unless you're a crazy person, what would the upside be of that? Don't you want to have, don't you want to work for a rich guy who's a drug addict and you get him drugs as long as possible? You don't want him to die.
0: Well, right. No. And the problem is a lot of pushers, though, in drug and illegal drug manufacturers, they use fentanyl to make pills and then try to pass them right. off as oxycon because right. it'll have a similar effect mm. but the stuff's so powerful and dangerous if you get the formula wrong you kill your customer exactly. and it happens all the time yep
3: all right on an entirely different matter heads up coachella we got the latest festival fashion for you flower boobs they're saying move over glitter
1: boobs this festival <laughs> season move is- over glitter boobs finally <laughs> <laughs> Glitter boobs are played, whatever they are. That's a funny sentence. I've never said it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This festival season, Instagram models are pasting flowers on their breasts. Accessory designer Hannah Webb unwittingly started the trend by selling petals that stick to faces, which she sells online. But her customers
1: then started to press them onto their chests.
3: Close your
0: nipples, harlots. And now, I'm
1: guessing the nipple area is the center of the flower.
0: Yes.
3: Okay. Trying to picture that. Now, apparently, they are popping up everywhere, including we are told the Coachella
0: Music Festival. Fantastic. Fantastic.
3: Having Mm -hmm. flowers on your boobs, she says, is
1: certainly a talking. I'm guessing there's pictures of this on the internet.
3: (laughs) Oh yes,
0: yes, and in various newspapers as well. But if you stare, you're a pig. Just keep that in mind, young male concert goers (laughs) and lesbians. Ladies, no offense intended. Webb going on to say we would love to see flower boobs. And hungry infants. My mistake. I left them out of the discussion.
3: (laughs) We would love to see flower boobs become a staple part of festival fashion. Me too. Who's against it? The glitter
0: boob. Big (laughs) glitter boob. (laughs) (laughs)
3: That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Of course,
0: Squawky can tell you that glitter is bad for the oh, environment. Yeah. Oh, yes, it is. Clogs up eagles' arteries and uh, interferes with their eggs uh, or something.
1: Hey, Jerry Brown, did you hear the Berkeley poll on how many Californians want to deport more people? Uh, uh, it doesn't actually
0: uh, matter. We just uh, want to register as many uh, Hispanic people as possible.
1: That's incredible. The petering out coming up. We're all going to apply pedals to our boobs. We'll be back in a moment on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
0: The conscience of the nation.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: The bottom line is that we simply do not have sufficient evidence to charge anyone with a crime related to Prince's death.
1: So that's over then. Mm. Okay. Wow. Okay. He took too many of bad drugs and it killed him. Nobody committed a crime, yep. I guess. Dang, um, dang shame. We've been uh, re-going over the whole Waco David Koresh Janet Reno thing from 25 years ago today. We'll do Alien Gonzalez next week, I guess.
3: Oh, as we do more
1: that. as we do more classic talk radio. Oh my god. But we have been getting a lot of texts on this. Um, like this one. Waco video of the tank nozzle into the building was altered to make it look like the flames erupted from the poking. The original was shown first, but later only edited one made the news in quote. So the news was in on the cover up or mm. something.
0: Or something. Yeah, I don't know. So during the 51-day siege, two factions developed within the FBI. One wanted to negotiate, the other thought force is the only way this ends. And they used uh, uh, increasingly aggressive techniques to force them out, like sleep deprivation, by means of all-night broadcasts of recordings of jet planes, pop music, chanting, and the screams of rabbits being slaughtered. Urr Ur is right. Where do you get that? Is that a CD you can buy? <laughs> Don't make jokes. At any point, at any rate, um, you know, as one attorney said. Uh, What a bad idea. He was mad at the technique of using sleep and peace disturbance and sleep deprivation. The point was this. They were trying to have sleep disturbance. They were trying to take someone that they viewed as unstable to start with. They were trying to drive them crazy. And then they got mad because he does something they think is irrational.
1: Yeah, I I was about to jump in. And, yeah, so you're hoping that when you approach the building, they don't act all crazy and paranoid, but you haven't let them sleep for
0: several days. Right, right. So, you know, meanwhile... There are reports that conditions are deteriorating, children are being abused, et cetera, et cetera. And so the attorney general, the brand new attorney general, took the uh, FBI hostage rescue team's um, recommendation to storm the compound.
1: Now, I understand where some of this stuff comes from, some of the concern about this. Sure. A lot of people in uh, a lot of elites, and certainly a lot of people in the media, think almost any kind of organized religion is a cult. And that it's abusive to young people, so would be all for any excuse for, you know, violating their civil rights. Um, be it Mormons or Catholics or whatever. So that you get your religious freedom types that are worried about that. Mm-hmm. You're just your freedom, freedom types on leave me alone. I'm not bothering anybody.
0: Well, and there's absolutely I don't I, I don't fall for the. Uh... A lot of the conspiracy theories on this, having read extensively from all sorts of sources and following it at the time really closely. That woman was rewriting history, according to one of our texters. Okay, fine. But um, I I will tell you this. The idea, and this is ripped straight out of today's headlines as well. When should, can, ought the government use deadly force? How long should they wait How much patience should there be? What should the policies be? You know, a a free citizen of a free country shouldn't be killed by his or her government unless there's a hell of a good reason. So, you know, scrutiny and skepticism and the rest of it, I think, is really healthy.
1: And was there... uh, Did we have belief that these people weren't allowed to leave?
0: Because people get to be in weirdo cults. Well, that was part of the problem. Well, the kids, dozens of kids getting raped all the time. They don't have a choice, so there was that. Um, there's a question as to during the negotiations uh before the siege as to whether there were hostages or everybody was there of their free will right. and videos were made and negotiations were held and the rest of it but
1: and uh, the the sex <clears throat> stuff, I suppose you got to investigate that, but it could always be disgruntled former members making crap up. Yeah. I don't think that's what probably was happening, but yeah, it's always a concern
0: yeah well that's that's a tough one. Um, although they did have undercover guys who were pretty damn certain the guy was sexing up uh, kids well, as young as 12 i would so. imagine
1: he was all your cult leaders that's their thing yeah it's amazing how many cult leaders are driven primarily about how they're gonna get to have more sex with more women and then they come up with a scam all the way around
0: that that drives a lot of human behavior actually. yep yeah it does yep anyway no we're not gonna we're not gonna satisfy everybody particularly those who have a particularly dark view of what happened so listen folks sorry to disappoint you but you know imagine that story though today with part of friends
1: with today's coverage and a whole bunch of them probably have cell phones and they're tweeting stuff out it's completely and,
0: different oh it'd be wild yeah yeah it how that would play out you're right because there would you know there's questions of whether to release videos or if they're authentic or authentic or, or what have you during the negotiations I mean, now people would be uh, tweeting and Instagramming You'd have constantly. a thousand
1: videos of the, of, the, of the siege, of the
0: going in, of everything from every angle possible. David Koresh would be on cable news all the time on his phone.
1: He's his Facebook page or whatever, yeah. Right,
0: yeah, yeah. Boy, if you have a truly apocalyptic cult with a bunch of kids inside, though, I mean, and that's the thing. The the warm blanket of certainty that everybody likes to pull up to their chin. You've got an actual apocalyptic cult uh, raping and abusing kids. And they're heavily armed. How does that end well in your world?
1: the raping and abusing kids is obviously an outlier issue that you can't get past. But a lot of your mainstream media would call Christianity an apocalyptic cult. They just do. Well, they're
0: idiots. And they need (laughs) to stop.
2: Final Final thoughts.
0: With A-N-G-E. Yes. Love that.
1: Man, it's relaxing.
0: Here's your host, Joe Getty. Mm, Are you ready to soft rock? Marshall Phillips, what's your final
3: thought? All right, I want to give you a heads up. Shot my first Music with Marshall video yesterday with Positive Sean, and I have heard some people were disturbed with with what I said. Let me assure you, it was all said in fun. Didn't mean to upset anybody. You can check it out on Armstrong and Getty Radio or at armstrongandgetty.com, or you can Google it, Music with Marshall. Use your favorite search engine. See what you think of our twist
0: on music review. Wow, so it's a controversial video. Yes. Michelangelo, final thought.
3: But yeah, tomorrow we'll be looking at another historical event, the gas crisis of the 1970s. <laughs> Who caused it? If you could go back in time, would you have done things differently? <laughs>
1: Let us know. Awesome, Michael. Positive, Sean. Your final thought? Yes, there's some sort of a a work-related event going on at a winery today. I understand you guys have lives you cannot attend, but worry worry not. I'm going on your behalf as your proxy. I'll be sure to have a drink of wine for each of you. I'm glad you're taking the bullet to go hang out with a bunch of tipsy saleswomen. (laughs) What? No. (laughs) No. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Scandal series finale tonight. I know you've got a long list of TV shows you've never watched, but if you're ever going to jump into it, watch a, a half a season or so of Scandal. It's pretty entertaining.
0: Well, and I probably should have brought this up behind closed doors to Jack because it's a personal, uh, well, it's a personal wish for him. Jack, mental health experts are warning that your royal wedding obsession could turn into a mental health problem. <laughs> the upcoming Prince Harry, Meghan Markle union. When is that happening? I keep seeing tidbits. Any minute now.
1: I keep seeing tidbits about him and her and thinking, what is
0: going on here? Nobody knows. Their wedding is coming up? Eh, maybe. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to Armstrongandgetty.com for Marshall's controversial video. Plus, our contact info is there. Let us know what you think. Alien Gonzalez, stay or go.
1: God bless America.
3: And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done.
0: Thank you, and good night. <laughs> and the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Who she said had been exposed to, quote, too much of someone else's marijuana. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.